Man, what a joy it is to be at this church for the past 13 years to see what God has done. And um, it's amazing. really is. Uh, every year, um, it's amazing for me just to see that, the, what, what God is doing. And, um, and so, we'll just uh, thank you for being here. We had a full first service. Um, good attendance here in the second service. And, um, and, and we, um, every year I do this, I just kind of recognize those that was in our first year. If you were a part of Lake Point Church, you came in our very first year. Um, and if you're in this room, uh, just go ahead and stand up for just a minute. Just go ahead and stand. All right. Go ahead. All right, there we go, there we go. All right, just, uh, here we have five of us right here, six in the back, and, and then there were probably maybe 10 people in the first service. It's just to kind of show you where we've been. And it's just a, it's just been a, a, a crazy, uh, a crazy journey of the blessings of God. And I, um, uh, as we recognize, I want to recognize someone that's very important to me. And, um, and, and, and she's, um, I, I always say behind every good pastor is a, is a, is a great, awesome wife. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's true. Now, 15, 16 years ago, we were just thinking about starting a church. We didn't have a plan of where and when. Uh, we didn't know what that looked like. Um, we hadn't really told people yet. We haven't told my church. I mean, we had a great church in Florida, and um, that I was a ministry part, a part of a ministry there. And, and we just felt that God was nudging us in the direction. And I, and I started talking to Karen about it and wasn't sure how she would take it. She's a Florida girl. And, uh, and, and so, and, and honestly, I didn't know that we would come to Michigan. I was just like, hey, God, whatever that would be. And, and, um, you know, we were thinking somewhere, somewhere else warm that needed Jesus, like Hawaii or, or you know. So a lot of things that we were kind of thinking through. And um, we just, uh, the more we prayed about it, the more God was leading us to come back to, the, to where I grew up, where, I, where, I'm, where I'm from. And, um, and I was talking to Karen. And, and Karen, you know, the first thing she said, because when we got married, you know, before we got married, I said, Karen, you'll be, you know, you know I'm in ministry. God could call it to Africa, you know? And she's like, okay, Scott, I'll be willing to go, even if it's Africa. And so when I told her, hey, you know, God is, I think God is leading us to Michigan, she said, well, at least it's not Africa, you know? <laughs> and uh, so we, we um, and, and the thing about her is, while I was still praying about this and just trying to determine if this is something that should be doing, I should be doing, she was the one that was more, let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm, we're just blessed. I'm blessed. Because I wouldn't have started Lake Point Church without her blessing. I always felt like if God was going to call me to start a church, she was going to call her as well. And so I um, just want to take a minute to recognize you. Karen, why don't you come up here? You got something to say? No, no. no. <laughs> she's um, uh, she's uh, just want to honor her for just a minute. And here's uh, our management team. They want, they've got a few things they want to say. Good morning. As uh, Scott said, my name is Ben. Uh, we're part of the management team. And uh, it's really true. When God calls a pastor, he doesn't just call the pastor. He calls their whole family. 
As the uh, son and son-in-law of a pastor, I, I really know that well. Um, so for the past 13 years, Karen has served along Scott in a variety of ministries in a variety of ways. And uh, one of those that may not be as well known is that she has served as a part of the administration for here at the church. Um, or at least she did until about a week ago. So uh, fortunately, the church is now at the point where Karen can pivot and she can start to focus on some other ministries that, uh, that God has called her to, things where she's already made uh, great progress. And so on behalf of the management board and the congregation, we just want to say thank you for your 13 years of service and the administration. And uh, we're really looking forward to see where God blesses your future ministry. So thank you. And uh, yeah, Karen is, wants to write a book, so now she's got time to write a book. And uh, I put her on the spot, you know, she knows it. But she's, um, she told me the other day, listen, she told me the other day that she got two books in her. And so, um, am I putting it out there for you? All right, uh, there we go, there you go. And so, um, we're really excited about what God is doing. She's still involved in our ladies' ministry. And, um, and, uh, and so, we're just... Uh, thankful for her and all the things that she's done and, um, and she continue to do. She'll still be an active part of a lot of different things. It's uh, uh, freeing her up to do bigger ministry, bigger things. And so um, I want to, uh, I, I said last Sunday that we were going to finish up this series on Joshua today. And I lied. <laughs> I need two more weeks. All right. I, I said today and next week. And so I, I actually taken this message today and just uh, stretch it to next Sunday. That's what I'm doing, okay? So, you know, one more message, just, it's going to take me two weeks to do this, okay? And uh, so we're, we're um, going to wrap up this final talk. Um, and if you're new to us, we've been in a series called Good to Great. Moving from good to great. And it's been a study of the book of Joshua. We literally just kind of gone through Joshua starting at chapter one. It's a kind of journey uh, since the beginning of the year. And, um, and, it, and it's been an awesome, for me, I, I, it's been a thrill to just kind of study this book and to really just unpack it. And, um, and I hope it's been a blessing to you. Good to Great talks about, you know, going from, you know, just the spiritual status quo that we sometimes fall ourselves into, just going through the motions. And Joshua's all about, hey, the promised land. And the promised land is a picture of the, the victorious Christian life. Uh, some of us were living in the wilderness. Remember, they traveled and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They'd gone through the motions. And then finally, the next generation, they crossed the Jordan River which was the picture of, of faith, a, a faith step. 13 years ago, Karen and I, we, we took a faith step. We crossed the Jordan River in our life a church, and, and so this was a big moment for them. And they crossed over into the promised land, and then they had to claim the land. And Joshua, you know, led them, you know, to claim the land. And now we're in chapter 23 and chapter 24, the last two chapters of the book. Chapter 23, chapter 24, Joshua's an old man. It has been 25 years, 25 years, since they've crossed over the Jordan River. And so they have been, you know, busy claiming the land, setting the boundaries. You know, the 12 tribes are now set in their, in their land that they were you know, promised. 
And, and it's that not Joshua, it's in his dying days. And, and, and so he has one last pep talk, well, farewell speech, so to speak, um, in chapter 23 and chapter 24. And, and he gives them a lot of promises. You know, he said, hey, if you keep doing the right thing, if you keep doing what God wants you to do, he will, he will keep claiming more land for you. There'll be more victories. Because the promised land, you know, doesn't end. I mean, it just keeps going. This idea of the Victoria Christian life, he said, hey, I have more victories for you. Yeah, but then there's the warning that he gives in his last speech. And that's what the title of the message is, it's landmines. Landmines in the promised land. And as we look at these, as we listen to him talk, I want us to think about our spiritual walk. Because we can get to a place in our spiritual Christianity where we think, man, I, I, I don't need to worry about the landmines. You know, I've got it made. You know, I've arrived. And, and we can get to a place where spiritual pride kind of kicks in and we think that we're untouchable. And Joshua in, this, uh, in his last speech here, he said, listen, you're not untouchable. Just because you made it in the promised land, you still have to watch out for the landmine. Now, here's what I know about landmines. You don't see them. They're, they're hidden under the ground. Uh, you, don't, you, you, you don't know when it hits until you actually step on the landmines. So, so he said, there's some landmines, and you have to really have your eyes, your awareness... Wide open. Got to have your costumes up. You know, uh, speaking of landmines, um, uh, this, later this year, I'm, I'm, bring, I'm bringing in a, 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 a guest speaker. Um, his name is Tim Lee. We've had him here before. Tim Lee was in a Vietnam War, and he fought, you know, against the Vietnams, and, and, and he was leading point, and um, stepped on a landmine and unfortunately lost both of his legs. And God still uses him today. He preached everywhere in a wheelchair, and, uh, and, and we'll get to hear from him later this year in the fall. And I'm excited about him. But he never saw the landmine. And, and, and so when we're, if we're not careful, we can step on these landmines. There's no sign that said there's a landmine right here. You don't expect it, but we've got to be careful. And so that will give us some warnings. And it helps us to see, you know, the, the dangers of the landmine. I want us to look here in Joshua chapter 23. I'm only going to read today um, uh, verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to read it eight verses, and then next week we'll come back and, you know, if you bring your note back, you know, next Sunday, great. If you forget, we'll, we'll make them uh, a new one for you, just in case you forget to bring them back, okay? And uh, we're only gonna, like I said, we're only going to look at the first point today, the first landmine. But I want us to look in Joshua chapter 23. Follow along with me in verse number one. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua by then the very old man. In fact, he's 110 years old. We see that in the next chapter. He summoned all the Israelites, or all Israel, the elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I'm very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. 
It was the Lord your God who fought for you. And then he said, remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the nation, all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea in the West. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. In other words, God said, listen, Joshua said, listen, the job's not finished. There's still more work to do. In fact, when Joshua ends, it immediately, immediately goes into Judges chapter 1. I mean, there's, there's no lapse in the time. Uh, it goes from now to chapter 24 of Joshua, Judges chapter 1. And what we're seeing in Judges chapter 1, there's more land for them to, 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 to claim. There's more battle to win. Now, unfortunately, Judges chapter 1, the people, the Israelites, did not take heed of this last speech of Joshua. Because in Judges, if you know Judges, it's an up and down roller coaster ride. They win some, they lose some. They win some, they lose some. And so Joshua's like, listen, the battle's not done. You know, don't just quit. Don't just relax. You still got more work to do. And then, if you like, you can write down next to this passage, verse number six. You can write down Joshua chapter one, verses one to nine. If you want to do that. And you can go back to this later. But you might write that down because the words that we see here in verse number six, it's almost what we see in Joshua chapter one, 25 years earlier. It's the same message that the God gave to Joshua as a young leader. And, and, and so he said in verse number six, be very strong. In, in other words, God, even though God will fight all these battles, and God's going to push them out, there's still going to be times of fear. Uh, there's still going to be times that could be challenging and, and, and tough. You're still going to need to be strong and courageous. He said, be very strong. And then he said, be careful to obey all. And we'll, we'll, we'll emphasize that next week. But we've got to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. She said, don't fall into the culture of false gods. Don't, don't fall into their false worship. He said in verse 8, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. And so Joshua, he's in his dying days. Uh, he gives the nation some promises and some warnings, landmines. And so today, I, I want to look at the first one, if you're taking note, the landmine of unrealistic expectations. He said, we got to watch out for the landmine of unrealistic expectations. This landmine blows up more spiritual walk 
than anything else. And it happens when you and I make this assumption that, you know, since I'm walking with God, God's in my life, God's taking care of me, I, I'm where God wants me to be. And so because I'm where God wants me to be, and because he's in my life, then everything in my life is just going to be perfect. Everything is going to be smooth. You know, I, I remember when I was uh, a young kid, me and my brothers, you know, my grandparents, you know, they would, they would go on vacation. Or they would come back with souvenirs. How many of you remember souvenirs from your grandparents? You know, wherever they went, it's a souvenir. And we'd be excited because grandma, grandpa, grandma and grandpa come back with souvenirs. And they would pull out, in the, you know, out of the bag, they come to the house, and they pull out the, the little bag. You know, they, by the way, they get something real nice from my parents. You know, something really cool. So, ooh, you know, that's that nice. They pull out for the kids T-shirts. And how many of you remember the T-shirts? You know what I'm talking about. Somebody's like, I know what you're talking about. And uh, I went on vacation, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. That's what it says on the T-shirt. And we, we look at it, and they think it's hilarious. We're looking at it and said, what is this? And it said, you know, and it's exactly what it is. It's just a lousy T-shirt. You know, and we walk around and said, my grandparents went on vacation and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. You know, I, I got a book in my office and it's uh, for Christian, a Christian walk and I think it really ties into this. And the title of the book says, I became a Christian and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. There are people that think that when you become a Christian, that everything is going to be perfect. That everything is going to be right where it needs to be. That everything will be smooth. And if you have that mindset, I guarantee you, you will be disappointed with God. Because you have this unrealistic or this idealistic mindset with God. I've seen so many people, so many Christians, that when they become a Christian, they get into the walk with God and then, and then something hits. Hard. Hard. Tough time. And they're like, man, Scott, I thought things were supposed to get better. And they walk away from their faith in Christ. They walk away in their relationship with God. They walk away from church because they're angry at God. They said, it's not fair. It's not fair, Scott. I became a Christian. I thought everything was going to be perfect. The Bible is quite clear that the journey of life is going to be tough. And if you're a follower of Jesus, whenever things go wrong, we should not be going, God, why is this happening? Because from the very get-go, God tells us it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Joshua chapter 1, God tells Joshua this amazing promise. He said, hey, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be for you. Everywhere your feet goes, you know, I'm going to give you that land. There could be victory. No one's going to be able to stand up against you. You are now in the promised land that I've given you. You have made it. But then he follows up with Joshua three times. He said, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be very courageous. Stand up strong. Don't be afraid. He's telling Joshua to be ready in the promised land for some tough times. He's telling Joshua to be ready for the reality of life. He said, hey, Joshua, I know it's going to be tough. I know it's not going to be easy, but with the power of God within you, you can get through it. 
So some of us, we have unrealistic expectations when it comes to life. Some of you this morning have unrealistic expectations when it comes to your, your, your jobs. Uh, some of you have unrealistic expectations when it comes to uh, marriage. You know, I, I think about this. Marriage, <laughs> there's this idea that marriage is the promised land for a lot of people. Uh, I know some singles, not, not in, here, in here, of course, okay? I know some singles, they think, oh, life will suddenly be all better once I get married. They'll all come together the way it's supposed to be. That marriage will be my promised land. And for every one of us that is married, on the day we got married, we're like, man, we finally made it. You know, life is going to be great. And it's characterized by a picture that looks like this. It's that picture. There it is. Isn't she beautiful? She's amazing. I don't know about me, but she's amazing. And I've got this picture right here, right? It's a picture. And, and in this picture kind of carries so much, right? It's all of our dreams and, and all of our aspirations, all in this picture. We've got so much looking forward to, you know? And right, I remember we went to premarital counseling, and, and they talk about all this stuff. And, okay, come on. You know? And, and then we actually have the wedding and then they say the words, you know, the vows, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. I'm like, you know, okay, I believe in better, but worse. I mean, what could be worse? I mean, here I've got this wonderful, beautiful woman in my life, that million, that somehow trick. <laughs> what the million mean? <laughs> I, I mean, she fell for it. And I, I know, I married up. I married up. You see, somehow, even though we talk it through, I just didn't really believe for better or for worse. Might include some heartaches. It might include some, some pain. Maybe a little bit of stubbornness. And our ego gets in the way. And, 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 and physical pain. You know, and, 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 and challenging parts of our life, financial struggles. I, I, I mean, you know, I know wedding day, I, you know, I thought, man, everything could be perfect. You know, I, I mean, for her part, I mean, Karen got a long list of things that went bad for her. <laughs> I mean, she married a guy that snores like a stinking bear. <laughs> What's even worse is I can't even hear it. It's all bad. I mean, see, I mean, on her list, it's just, it's, it's, uh, you know, frustrations and I'm annoying. You know, I mean, all this stuff. I mean, for better or, or for worse. Now, here's what happens in every marriage. Are y'all with me? Here's what happens in every marriage. You come to a point where you have to make a decision. Am I going to hold on to the ideal? The unrealistic expectation, am I going to hold on to that? Or am I going to grab hold of the person of who they really are? Am I going to grab hold of the reality of who he or who she is? Am I, am I going to hold up this, this picture of a false reality of perfection? Or am I going to hold on to the person? 
I've talked to so many people, so many couples, after they get married. Uh, it's interesting because when you're, when you're talking to the husband or the wife, they still hold up the picture. Of the un, they've got these unrealistic expectations. That's why they're having the argument that they're in. That's why they're struggling to carry this unrealistic expectations. And at some point, I say, listen, you've got to get rid of these unrealistic expectations. And for some of us here, we've got to rip the picture. We've got to rip it up. Get rid of the unrealistic expectation. You got to tear that up. But hold on to the person. Wake up to the, real, to the reality that life is not easy. That life is not always going to be fair. It's not going to be challenging times. It's, listen, if you don't accept what God says about reality, it will tear up your life. It will tear up your spiritual walk. It will tear up your jobs. It will tear up your, uh, your marriage relationship. It will tear it up if you don't accept what God says about reality. And what God says about reality is, yes, there's going to be tough times. Because this world that we're in, it's the pathway to heaven. The pathway to heaven. The old song I used to sing, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Life is not heaven. Now, oftentimes I tell people, and I, I said this in a small group this past Sunday night, um, if you're a follower of Christ, if you, are a, 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 you, know, you have Jesus in your life, you've asked him to come and be your Lord and Savior, your time here on earth is as close to hell as you'll ever be. Think about that. Flip side of your coin. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then just your time here on earth is as close to heaven as you'll ever be. Life is not heaven. Life is not heaven. And the promised land that Joshua led them into, okay, that wasn't the ultimate promised land. The real promised land was the eternal promised land. I want you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this little phrase down, and I'm going to unpack it for just a few minutes. But it's important about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is both right now and not yet. Y'all with me? Yeah, some of you are like, man, I need an extra cup of coffee here. It's both right now and not yet. The kingdom of God right now. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been adopted into the family of God, you are full-on sons and daughters of the king. He is changing your life from the inside out. That's what's happening right now. He got your mission. He got your purpose. And he wants you to pursue the mission and purpose for him. What's the mission? The mission is the Great Commission. The Great Commission is to go tell people about Jesus. All right, that, that's, what, that's what we're doing right now. That's the kingdom of God being fleshed out. All right? And, and, and not, every, listen, not everything is going to come together like you hope. 
or like you dreamed it would be. Not everything can be perfect just because you're a follower of Jesus. We have to expect that not everything is going to be just the way we want it to be. All of our ducks not going to always be lined up in a row. Here, here's what we need to understand. What we experience in this life is the appetizers, <laughs> the hors d'oeuvres, right? See, that's what we're experiencing now. The main course is not yet. The main course is over there. Man, I love a good appetizer. And if you're not careful, you can stuff yourself too much with the appetizers that you're too full for the main course. And the main course comes and it's like, oh man, I'm, I'm too full, but you somehow make room, right? I mean, we always do. Uh, and um, and uh, uh, so the, the appetizers. You know, I, I, there's certain places where I, I want the appetizers. You know, I like the awesome blossom. You know, give me the awesome blossom. I don't care how many calories it is, just give me the awesome blossom. You know, but you know what I love? It's Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, Danny, like Texas Roadhouse. All right, Danny. All right. Come here, Danny. Come here. Come up here. Come here, Danny. Come on. Come on, Danny. You start talking to me, I'm going to put you up on the spot. Come here. Come here. Come here, Danny. I always get it. <laughs> Danny right here is a good man. Listen, um, I love the rolls. Yep. The cinnamon butter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 do you... When you take the rolls, do you take the knife and kind of cut it in half? I do. And, and, and then you put the appropriate amount of butter. As much as possible. As much as possible. <laughs> there you go. And then you put it, and then you just let it, it just kind of drips out. Yep. It's great. Okay, and that's yeah. how you roll? Hey, that's how he rolls. Takes. You know how I roll? I just take the cup. <laughs> I take the roll. You don't do this? I don't know. What, I, what I scoop it? it. I just do the whole uh, scoop. I mean, that cup becomes my cup. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. How many of you are like that? You're a scooper like me. Uh, you're my kind of people. You're not, you're not my kind of people. Get out there. Okay. <laughs> Problem is with those top rolls, it's free, and they just keep on coming, right? They just keep on coming. And Karen's sitting at the table and says, y'all need to stop eating the rolls. I said, but I can't. They're so good. Got to wait for the main course. Listen, the main course for the Christian life. It's not yet. It's not yet. You know, and some of us, listen, some of us Christians, the appetizers are awesome. Uh, in fact, if, we, if I think about American Christianity, we're really blessed. We really are. We're, can, I just say, can I just be honest? We're, we're spoiled. Because I know, I know there have been some others where their appetizer hasn't been so good. Now, they've been persecuted for their faith. But yet, every one of them, every one of them say, you know what? That's okay. Because we know that God will fulfill his ultimate promise. And the main course, no matter how good or how bad the appetizers are, the main course is coming. Not yet. But it's coming. I want us to look here in a passage of scripture. I didn't do this in the first service, so you guys get the bonus stuff here, okay? It's one of the most famous passages about faith in the entire Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. And in the passage of 
uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, faith is defined. It's defined for us. It's described in, in details and, and it flesh out in so many great heroes of, the, of our faith. You know, Noah and, you know, Joseph and, 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 and we see uh, Abraham and all these great heroes. And, and it tells us that they trusted God even when life didn't make sense. But they believed anyway. They believed. And God came through. It may not have come through the way they thought it was going to come through. But they believed that God was going to come through. And it may come through in their lifetime. It may not come through in their lifetime. And at the end of the section on Abraham, uh, I want you to see what it says here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. It sums up not only Abraham, but all those who come before Abraham. He says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. But notice in that phrase, they did not receive the thing promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. See, Abraham was promised a great nation. He got a son. He never saw the nation. Abraham was promised a land. He only visited the land. But the land never became boundary called Israel. That never happened in his lifetime. Abraham never saw the nation. But Abraham got everything God promised because, you see, he got the appetizer. He got the appetizer. He kept walking in faith because he understood that was just the appetizer. The main course was on the other side of the grave. It was not yet. He never gave up. He kept walking ahead. He had a very realistic expectation of life that the appetizer might be great, the appetizer might not be so great. But I keep moving forward. You know, 13 years ago, we started a church. Mary and I moved to Michigan. People thought we were crazy. 2009 when we did this, middle of a recession. People said it's a bad time. I walk away from a great ministry job in Florida, growing church. Told Karen, I'm not sure where this is going to take us. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, I think the question came up about Plan B. I said, I don't have a Plan B. You know, I, we got one plan. We're going to move to Michigan. We're going to start a church. And we're going to trust God that no matter what, no matter what happens, whether it whether it succeed or it doesn't succeed, we're going to keep trusting in God. We're going to trust Him no matter what. We didn't know where it was going to take us, but we were willing to go at our cost. Dead in a house at eight and a half miles, Karen is a country girl in Florida. I threw her right in the city. 30 minutes, 30, you know, a half a mile north of the Detroit line. And we were like, I, that was not part of our plan. We just had trusting in God. We lived there for a while, right in the church in this area. Trust God that he would take care of us. And watch out for him, to watch out for us. And as a church, we, we just said, you know what, it's going to be easy. It's not going to always be easy. It's going to be tough. 
There's going to be some challenging moments. But we're going to keep walking, moving forward to where God wants to take us. 13 years later, God's still working in our lives. We still look back at the past. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. All right, that's the next point. I'm going to give you a sneak peek. The landmine of spiritual amnesia. We're going to talk about that next time. Spiritual amnesia. Because sometimes we forget. We forget what God has done. We look back. I don't know what next year can hold. I don't know what five years down the road can hold. But we're going to keep our eyes looking forward. And I have some realistic expectation that there may be some wonderful days, but there also may be some challenging days. But at the end of the day, we're going to keep doing what God wants us to do until He fulfills our promises in eternity. Maybe you're here, you've been visiting Late Point for a while, maybe you're new, maybe you've been here uh, for a long time. I want to lower your expectations about Lake Point. I got this little phrase here. Lake Point Church is an imperfect people. With imperfect people. It's an imperfect church with imperfect people led by an imperfect pastor and staff. Worshiping a perfect Savior. Uh, And listen, what is the point? If you thought we were a perfect church, just hang out a little bit. I can promise you this, that with everything in me, I'm going to stick with the Word of God. I'm going to ask God to lead us by the Holy Spirit of God to to, to, to do all that we can to accomplish the Great Commission, which is telling people about Jesus and discipling people for Him. With everything that's in me, the power of God in me, that's what we're aiming for. I don't know where that can take us. But I want to trust God that He knows. Here, three things I'm praying for. And I want to wrap up here. Three things. And I want you to pray for these things. Number one, pray for the all else. All right, sort of. Spiritual leaders. Pray for spiritual leaders. I can't disciple on my own anymore. And we've got some. But we need more leaders. We need some that are being discipled to eventually become disciple makers. Maybe right now you don't see yourself as a leader, a spiritual leader. We're praying that one day you move from good to great where you can become a spiritual leader. That, um, the second hours, you know, is uh, pray for more land. We've got land available on both sides of us. Well, on the one side, we're pursuing land on the north side of us. We're praying for that, two miracles that we're actually praying for. Land in front and land in the back, two different owners. We're praying for those things. We've got a conversation with the first owner in a couple of weeks. And uh, if he's open, we're going to look and talk to the people behind him. We need both. It can't be, hey, we have one and not the other. We have to, that, that's why it's a two miracle prayer right there. To pray for that, pray for more land. So why you need more land? Okay, you know, more growth. 
what does that look like? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if that, you know, but we're just doing things that we know what we're to do right now. God might change all that, right? But we're praying for more land until God closes that door, then okay. That's the second thing. Here's the third thing to pray for. It's the most important to me. More life change. More lives being changed. People getting to know Jesus. People growing in their walk with Jesus. We want to see more life change. I mentioned this the other day. The church that don't evangelize will fossilize. A church that stops caring about the world outside is a church that will eventually die. Never get tired of seeing people's lives being changed. I challenge you, pray for us this week. Pray for those three things. Make that a regular part of your prayer request. Here's how you can pray for late point. Those three L's, leaders, land, and life change. The best is yet to come, no matter what it is. I'm always believing the best is yet to come. It may be a better appetizer, or it may be the main course. But the best is yet to come. Why? Because our God is bigger, stronger, and greater. We have a big God in your life. Some of us need to lower the expectations with your wife, your husband, maybe in your spiritual walk. I say, God, I don't know what it's gonna take me, but I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna hold on to the, the, the reality of what you're trying to do. I trust you. Our God, we love you. We thank you for what you've done in 13 years. We look forward to what's ahead, whatever that takes us. But the kingdom of the kingdom of God, God, if the kingdom of God is not yet. Right now and not yet. You're doing stuff right now in our lives, whether we understand it or not. And there's something bigger and better down the road, wherever that takes us. We trust you. So God, I pray for us here today to avoid this landmine of unrealistic expectations. But help us to see, no matter what it is, to see you and to trust you, to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen.